This podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Black Acres Roastery. Black Acres Roastery is an artisan coffee roaster located in the Highlandtown District of Baltimore. Every roast, they strive to bring out the best qualities in unique coffees from around the world. They ethically source beans and curate roasting profiles that provide each cup of coffee a story. My favorite is Midnight Train, a dark roast with notes of cocoa nibs, grand cracker, and stone fruit. Delicious. Also, check out their cold brew. Temperatures are changing, so cold brew is going to be in effect. So stay woke and check out their website, www.blackacrescoffee.com. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. What's shaking, cats and kittens? I'm Rob Lee from Getting to the Truth in His Art. And this podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Bazaar. Bazaar is a gift shop for those seeking the strange and unusual. Got morbid curiosity? Got an interest in natural history? Bazaar's got you covered. Bazaar specializes in antique medical equipment, jewelry, prints, funerary antiques, and many other morbid gifts. The inventory is ever-changing. I'm wearing a great death's head moth pin, and I'm enjoying this hand-poured candle called Overgrown Cemetery. It's great. It has the studio smelling awesome. Head on over to 3534 Chestnut Avenue in Baltimore, Sinan Hamden neighborhood, and see what they got to offer at Bazaar. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in His Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and my next guest is rapper, host, DJ, producer, currently residing in Baltimore, Maryland. We have Chaotic Couture. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I feel like there should be some air horns right there. That was like a really exciting <laughs> intro. I try to I try to bring the energy level high because it just goes down yeah. <laughs> as the podcast goes on. It's like it's like a robot that turns off. Like, yeah, I'm done. It's like okay, you forgot to plug me back in. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so again, thank you for coming on to this podcast. I feel like this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, like I like I like energy and I like color and all of that stuff. And as I can see, I saw the colorful nails and all of that stuff. So big points. Um, Describe your work for those who are uninitiated and describe your musical style and that whole situation. Wow. Um, I am a hip hop artist, but it is heavily influenced by Baltimore club music, um, by soul music, by pop music. So it's like all that in a melting pot of an artist. And then my DJ style was definitely club music, Jersey club, Baltimore club, house music, things that you forgot about and hosting my tagline says it all. I am the most lit bitch on the mic. Uh, just to let y'all know, <laughs> I will give myself that crown. Young whimsical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm checking. I'm checking out here. I mean, I, I appreciate it because I, I think like, it's, I'm glad you made that distinction too, where, you know, there is club music and there you have like, Baltimore is his own thing. Jersey is his own thing. Yeah. Detroit, Chicago, like my partner put me onto some old like house music. I was like, yeah, this shit knocks. Yeah, yeah. That. And I'm like looking at it. And there's a, um, when I, like, I've always lived here. And, and I remember back in the day in like Lafayette projects, like I hated when club music would come on mm. and it's just like, I wasn't properly initiated. And then right. now as an adult, when I hear that stuff that I hated as a kid, I'm like, yeah, it's just yeah. like, it's like the crab or whatever flavoring that's in Baltimore blood is starting to like start doing that shit. You sometimes have to know like the history of it because I was like that, but with house music because I always loved club music. But to me, when I was a kid, like everybody painted house music as if it was like 
white people music. So I was like, no, I don't like, I don't fuck with house music. And then once you go, I, I came up in the paradox. So once you go into a club and you hear certain shit on a sound system, like I remember hearing Deep Inside for the first time in the paradox. And I was like, oh, it's a rap. I'm about to do my homework. Like you just have to <laughs> experience it in a different way at a different age sometimes. And then you get a new respect for everything. Yeah. And I, I think um, that's what I read when I was doing my uh, cursory research on you of like genre bending. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. And I think when you're able to listen to a lot of different stuff and not just be pigeonholed to, yo, I only listen to this. It's like, yeah, I love ratchet bullshit. I love all types of stuff. Like before, like my phone was just playing. I didn't realize I still had music. I had some bachata playing. I was like, I don't speak mm-hmm. Spanish, but also <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it. it's, it's not so. So who, what was what was one of the um, first albums you owned, and how did you procure it? How did you get um, that joint? I so I really have to think because I I was like a pop kid. I loved Fair. pop music as a kid, so I really feel like the first the first album I remember listening to was my mother listening to Baduisms. But okay. the first the first album I remember actually having a physical copy of was NSYNC No Strings Attached. Of course you did. That sounds and, about right. That's definitely a pop album. And Left Eye was the reason that I started rapping. So to me, one of the most amazing things was she was on this album with like these pop artists. Mm-hmm. Because nobody ever told me that I couldn't do anything or even if they did tell me I couldn't do something, I didn't believe it. So yeah. I was like, oh, if she can do that, I can do that. So like, oh, I can be on like any genre. So I just remember really listening to the album and wanting it because, of course, they had all their hit songs. But when I saw that track listing and I saw that Left Eye was on there, I was like, I have to have this. <laughs> like, I need this. So that was the first one I think that I, I ever got. I think that's a very informative thing too to know that yeah I can do this I could I could probably do whatever I want cuz I I run into it in this the space that I'm in and I think like giving like podcasts like some degree of notoriety when it comes to being an art or something like that mm-hmm. and I am, I'm a delicious black man, but at the same time, I try not to only do quote unquote a black podcast. I try to right. do something that's cl- crossover cuz I think when you silo yourself to being this is the identity I am it separate you from all these other people that just have a really interesting story, really interesting insight. And you just miss out on a lot of stuff. So I think being able to have that crossover appeal to be able to talk to anyone, whether it be blending the genre, say, oh shit, I I heard a rapper on this house bill or whatever. You're able to bring more people to the session. That's what I think. And also just as black people, we are crossover. And I think that that's the thing is, it's crazy to me to hear like the the music industry always tell rappers or tell black people that we don't have crossover appeal when we literally created crossover because it is black culture that everything is borrowed from when it becomes crossover. Mm-hmm. Because when when Kanye and 50 Cent were going on their media tour to promote their albums going head to head, that's when hip hop was at its prime as like pop culture. Yep. And then when Kanye started, you know, pulling like samples from Daft Punk and stuff, it's like, OK, so then this electronic music comes into play. So then you have Black Eyed Peas. So it's like Black people in hip hop always play a part in being the crossover. So I think when we are authentically ourselves and just creating something that is true to us, we we do have that crossover appeal because we set the tone as a culture, like everybody borrows from us. Totally. Absolutely. 
I'll, I'll throw this out there in, in terms of um, uh, um, pop music references. One of the early albums that I had was Lynn, You Can't Stop the Bum Rush because they had a song <laughs> in there called Steal My Sunshine. And I first heard that taking a trip to, what was it? Uh, Great Adventure in New Jersey. Oh, okay. So Jersey. that really sets the stage. It's like, I'm listening to this music that ultimately, I think they were Canadian maybe, but the song was about the Jersey Shore. Mm, okay. and so I've hit it up there to do like Six Flags Great Adventure. And it's like, it hits very, different. yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm wearing like the wild hill figure in the shirt and it's, it's not great. Uh, so you, you, you've been around for a little while. Um, so what inspires you to create after all of these years? Like what really makes you tick as a creative? Um, I, I've learned that I don't try to compete. Um, and that keeps me inspired. It's funny because when, I was first coming out, my whole thing was like inspiration for being uninspired because I was born on the Eastern shore and like, that's where I was raised and I just wanted to get out of there so bad. So I was creating what I wanted to see and what I wanted to hear. So that was my inspiration. And then once I got here, it was kind of like, oh, I don't, like it took me a minute to get myself settled because yeah. I, I came into the underground culture where it's, no holds barred. Like you can do whatever you want. So I had to find my my uh, footing. So that actually is what keeps me inspired is the fact that I can release like a, a soulful song with like spoken word poetry. And then my next single could be a club song. And then the single after that could have like some pop crossover hook. And I know that the same people that listen to me are going to love that. So yeah. it, I really just am inspired by the fact that I don't have to play by any rules that keeps me going. Cause I can really try something. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then I'll pivot to the next point, but it, it inspires me that I, I'm not locked into one thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing similarities. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, there's going to be a really listless collaboration eventually in the future. It's just me just saying stuff and you doing everything that you do, just me being a hack. Uh, <laughs> so Outside of, because I've gotten some shitty responses to this question, mm. because I don't think I, I preface it well. Okay. So outside of any technological stuff that you need, right, mm -hmm. to actually produce the the the, the content, what do you, what do you feel is integral to your work as an artist? As I've heard, like you know, I've talked to painters. Yeah, I need a canvas. I was like, you're a dick. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. But what do you think is 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 what is integral for you as an artist, like? Me, I need to be in the right headspace if I'm going to do mm -hmm. a podcast. I need to do some research. I need to just be in a good mood. I need some rum. I need <laughs> some vodka. I need, I need, I need some weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what is integral for you to get in that, that space? Um, it's the, it, very similar. Like, the energy has to be right. I, I And to kind of, like, tie into the last question, I have to be inspired by something. And my inspiration is constantly um, showing, like, youth uh, queer youth, trans youth, non-binary youth, especially like you can do these things that people tell you that that you can't do. So um, that that's constantly my headspace. So I just have to have that inspiration, and and I use my social media a lot to receive that that inspiration because I think a lot of times when we get to a certain point, especially on Baltimore, like an underground scene, when you get to a certain point, 
everybody expects you to have your shit together. Like you're not yeah. still learning, like you know everything. So I'm very open about like, you know what, today I'm having a shitty day. And somebody <laughs> can be like, you know what, I'm having a shitty day too. And they was like, oh, you know, I'm not in this alone. You can talk it out with somebody and be, be like, okay, I want to make something for that person when they're feeling the same way that I'm feeling so they can put this on and they can get through it. So I just think relatability um, mm-hmm. is very integral for me to, to create. That's, that's, that's great. I, I think like knowing that lane and kind of like, what, what is that motivation really? And mm-hmm. if you're providing somebody with something, it's like, yeah, this helps. This is going to give, because ultimately I think like, and I had to call somebody out on something. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't really care about what other people think. I was like, do you? Do you not? It's like, are you just keeping it for yourself? You know, right. you know, and that's the thing. Like, so it, you may not care at a high degree, but it has to be some consideration for the people. You have to be making it for someone, maybe someone right. that maybe has the, a similar thought or a similar experience that you've experienced. It's like, you're making it for, for somebody. And I think that's the thing that people just need to get their heads out of their own asses about sometimes. Um, so now the questions are going to get weird. Okay. We love weird <laughs> questions. Um, so let's see, let's see, let's see. How weird am I going to go? See, I want to go completely weird. And it's just like, look, you could have let me know. We can do whatever. Uh, <laughs> we can do whatever. So if you were offered the opportunity to become a superhero, what would that power be that you have? Like as a superhero, what would your power be? See, me 10 years ago, I would have said to be invisible because I was a nosy bitch. And I'd be like, <laughs> I want to be invisible so I can know what's going on. But, but knowing this now, I think my... <laughs> <laughs> I went like that would be that would have worked for me to be a I fly on the wall the, here <laughs> basically like because if I know what's going on over here I can just like know what to stay away from or what to insert myself into but that's that I'm glad that I've grown out of that so um I think I would be able to fly I don't okay. I, I just think that I don't know. I would be able to fly. You could just get to multiple places if I was really out here like saving the world like I could save multiple bitches in one day if i could fly like i could just go from here to there and then I mean, go flying is underrated yeah it, it really is like i don't know just i, I would fly now i ain't going too high because i don't bang with heights like that but i would fly i mean flying with no wings because i mean wings unless you're like you know position them in a certain way they're not super flavorful Ooh, yeah, so exactly. Things can look weird. Like, I, I mean, I don't have much hair these days. So if I can get like a, 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 a like feather faux hawk or something, fire. But, you know, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> um, that's, that's good. That's good. Mine would probably be something corny. Like, um, even like, like, like Daredevil, he's not like afraid. It's like, I cannot fail. Oh yeah, you know, okay. like you know, you turn your fear around. It's like, I just don't want to fail. <laughs> right. I just want to fly. Or That's like being like Alex Mack, like she used to turn into liquid. That would be cool too. But then I'm like, the ground is dirty. So I don't know that I necessarily want to be flowing through stuff because everybody don't sweep their floors. So That's I just true. think being able to fly is like, it's it's more um, sanitary for me. It's like, I'm above you bitches. So. Exactly. Basically. <laughs> directly. Uh, aside from your work, what other creative interests and talents do you have? Hmm. Um, I always wanted to be an author as a kid. That's that's one of the reasons I started rapping because I love to write. So um, I still love to write. Uh, I do makeup. That is one thing where I used to do makeup like professionally, but it, mm. it, it, it taught me that that was one of those creative things that I needed to not really monetize because it, it kills. Some things kill your passion when you monetize them. So um, yeah, I do makeup and I don't know. I just I just I just 
am everywhere. I just love to be creative, but mostly like makeup and writing, I think are my fun things. And and also just like dabbling and seeing what I can do new in in music or like learning anything around music. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to learn. I took, took like the last like year to try to learn certain things and then try to apply as to what still works and how can I basically mm-hmm. systematize what I do? How can I give myself more time? Like right. I hire an editor to do my podcast that takes time away from me having to do that. Um, I am working to hire someone to actually schedule these podcasts because You'd be like, you're one of the rare instances that is like, yeah, ready to do it. <laughs> and other people are like, uh, get back to me in four weeks. It's like, so a month? Why do you say four weeks? Or right. it's like 16 <laughs> messages I've sent. I was like, what, what is this? You're not that great. I'm just, no, never mind. Sorry. Never mind. Like, I just need a date. And that's, and it's funny that you say that because I think you asked me one date before this one and I felt so bad that I couldn't do that date. I was yeah. like, oh my God, like uh, everything always falls on the same day. So that's funny that you say that because I really felt bad that I had to give you like two dates. No, and it, and it's all good. I'm always just super appreciative that that people just take the initiative to say, look, I, I can do these days. And I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I'll find a way to make it work. I'll flex it. There's been times right. where it's like, yo, I need to do it at 2 a.m. Bet. I, it's like I, that. I, I got to not go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll so, take a nap before. Yeah, a little, little disco nap. Uh, so what does it mean for you to be an artist with ties to Baltimore? What does that mean to you? Um, this is probably going to sound so corny to some people, but Baltimore is everything to me. Uh, when you grow up in a small town, like Baltimore is the closest city. Well, in a sense, by a couple miles, basically where I grew up in the, on the Eastern shore, I was the same distance from Philly and Baltimore, just different directions. But it was just something about growing up, listening to 92Q, listening to K-Swift every Friday night, like, um, waking up every morning, hearing the Big Fat Morning Show, like hearing them broadcast live from these places and then actually being able to be in that culture, it meant everything to me. So Baltimore is just like, it, it means everything to me. It completes me. I tell people all the time, it's not where I was born, but it's where I like found myself and it's where I became really who I am and came into my into my own. So Baltimore is like the biggest chapter of my story. That's fantastic. It's 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 a place like I always look at Baltimore as being um, that proving ground. And um, one of the guests that I had on, um, it was a uh, Shaolin Jazz. They, they, were, they were doing an old Van Damme movie, um, Bloodsport. And they were talking about don't bring that whack shit to the Kumite. That's how it is when it comes to Baltimore, I think. Like, don't bring your whack shit here because we will take you down to that that level. And then we also help build you up. And I think a lot of people have that as part of their story that definitely they if if they're doing anything here, it's like they roasted me and now I know what to do now. Or I'm back. <laughs> I tell people all the time, like, what is it in New York where they're like, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. Fuck all that. If you can make it in Baltimore City and you can do some shit and build an audience in Baltimore City, you can make it every anywhere. And I tell people now, y'all better be thankful for the crown because my era, bitch, if you didn't get booed off the stage at the Paradox, she wasn't shit. Because you no. cannot imagine... 
hundreds of people telling you get the fuck off the stage and then you have to go back and party with these people like but it's an initiation to see if you're going to make it through so yeah baltimore will 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 break you but it will definitely make you as well because it will it will give you that crocodile skin i mean that's my favorite animal um (laughs) I've been watching a lot of swamp people, so I'm going to have some reptile references. You get it. (laughs) So that's one of the things, like, I feel like I need to create, like, because I'm from here. I'm from Baltimore, always lived here. I feel like I need to have, like, that Baltimore accent filter because I don't have one, (laughs) unfortunately. And it's just, like, I'm 36. And if you're like, are you from here? I was like, yes, I am. Totally. (laughs) It's like, I'm not sure, yo. But I feel like it depends, like, exactly where you're from, because there's some people like DDM. I'm like, OK, you don't have this accent. But then when he say certain shit or when he get mad, I'm like, oh, bitch, you from West Baltimore for real. But it's just like some people. I don't know. I think it, it, it all really depends. And sometimes I think some of it with some of the younger kids is like forced yeah. that are like on social media and shit a lot. It's like it's a bit of doing this feeding into this whole y'all have an accent thing. But, yeah, I've definitely I can't can't say anything because I'm guilty of that because when I first moved here I was like are you from here because you don't sound like you from here yeah like I remember when I I first started uh dating my partner and 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 she was just like she's from like Brooklyn New York and Mm. because you know you gotta make that distinction because there's a Brooklyn here which doesn't count but (laughs) that is not a good place (laughs) no 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 a lot of missing teeth uh (laughs) and and she was just like say orange I was like fuck you (laughs) she's like y'all say orange here I was like Stop. <laughs> but no, but Brooklyn, okay, I'm sorry. I love New York. Like, love <laughs> New York down. But New York just always sound angry, rough, and aggressive. Like, you want some breakfast? Like, it is you 7 o'clock in the morning, right? Like, why are you so angry? Like, <laughs> like tighten up, B. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Calm down. Um, got a couple more questions here. And um, I like to do the whole shameless plug at the end to let anybody plug anything they want. Of course. Um, so... Describe the art scene. You touched on it a little bit, but describe the art scene in Baltimore. And I've added a caveat to it. How welcoming is it? And what do you feel it does well? And what can it improve upon? Oh, um, the underground scene in Baltimore. It is a blessing and a curse Mm. in the sense of there is so much talent. And I will go as far as to say some of the best talent that I have seen come through this city but we are so underground that people from other cities don't think that there's a scene here. Mm. Um, And I think a lot of that just comes from an infrastructure that we don't have. We don't have the same kind of business and music infrastructure that like New York and and Philly has, or even like Atlanta, like we don't have these same ecosystems. So we are very DIY. We are very, let's get this done. And we're very resourceful. But at the same time, it's like, it's like a family in the sense of you can be beefing with somebody in the art scene, but let somebody from out of town come in. Like you don't give a damn that you don't like that person. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not going, you're not going to fool with our city while you, while you here. Cause this ain't your, this ain't your stomping ground. So like, it's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's a family. Cause you, when you're booking these shows, you get a lot of out of town acts and, um, they just think that they can say certain things. And it's like when we have certain venues and we have certain parties and that's all that we have, like y'all might have these ecosystems and these infrastructures that are different, but this is what we have. So don't come here and like talk crazy about it because you don't know the work that we've put in to really build this. So I think 
one thing we could change is like how much we let other people in. But then that really depends. Like, do we have a desire to be mainstream or are we trying to really get to the money behind the scenes and do like the licensing and, and syncing and just really be able to be who we are and not have to deal with the uh, mainstream bullshit? So it really just depends for each person what they're looking for. And then that answer of what could change would be different. Oh, yeah, that's that's legit. And, and two observations there, because um, I, I think that's really valid. And one of the things that I ran into, the Baltimore came out of me um, a lot uh, during uh, the, the Freddie Gray unrest and mm-hmm. all of that stuff, because I was part of this, like I was in this partnership with a podcast and we were being paid and all of that stuff. And one of the, the people there was a, um, a woman of uh, brown Spanish descent. I mm-hmm. believe she was Puerto Rican. And she was talking extra spicy about Baltimore. And I was like, here's the thing. When that race war happens, you and your leather jacket and your bullshit doesn't mean anything. Right. And suddenly I got a nice little letter written to me <laughs> about how they were not going to fuck with me anymore. Yeah. Cause I was like, look, don't, talk about my city from abroad. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing is in that same spirit, right? That that assessment about what you're aiming to do, where you want to stay underground or do you want to go to that kind of mainstream pop thing, right? Um, and, and pop in the sense of you're popping, you're exploding, you're, you're expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that's a challenge with that kind of Baltimore mindset because we're really a no bullshit kind of place. Very much so. So in it, I think you have to do a lot of weird bullshit to mm-hmm. get on in that way. And I think some people, I think most people that, that are here aren't really just with it. They just, I'd rather not. Yeah. And that's, that's what I see. And it's like, when you see somebody like popping in a really, really wild way, they turn into the representative and you almost have that question of what did you do? Right. This seems to be counter to how you came up a little bit. It's That's the always, thing that I see. It's always interesting because you see, like, the underground scene is very small, like, mm-hmm. when it comes to DJs and musicians and stuff. So I've been to other cities. Uh, I've stepped foot in other cities for people to tell me, like, oh, they know you here and they're not booking you here, not because y'all aren't talented, but they know that the level of talent that comes from your city would make them have to step their shit up and they refuse to look like assholes next to y'all because y'all are a smaller city. Like, that's a real thing. So a lot of times Baltimore gets this gatekeeping mentality. And I think we think that we're not talented enough, but they're looking at us like, no, they, they're, too seasoned in what they do. Mm-hmm. And if we bring them here and somebody else gets a taste of that, it's either going to take away from us or it's going to make us have to step our level up. So that's mm-hmm. a real thing. I've had people say that they're trying to make copies of me in different cities. Like it's 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 interesting because when you talk like that to people, they only recognize the mainstream, like the masses. So if you if, if I were to say something like that to somebody who didn't know me, they'd be like, oh, you're bullshit and nobody knows who you are. Yeah. But when you're on this underground scene, it's like people know me in other cities. The scene is very small. Like you work mm-hmm. with a lot of the same people and it's things that have been told to you. And, and like you said, the, it's that no bullshit thing because we don't have any issue with being like, I don't really like that. Like, I don't like how you coming through. I don't like how you're handling things. And a lot of like, a lot of other cities are really like wish-washy, like, hey, we're cool. Like, let's be in this environment. It's like, I don't gotta talk to you to be in here. Like, 
I'll come to do my job. Let me do what I'm doing and let me leave. Like, we don't have to be buddy-buddy. Yeah. And I think that hits people different sometimes because they're so used to being phony. They don't know how to deal with people who are just like, we don't got to be friends. We just here for an event. I don't yeah. dislike you, but we don't need to be friends. So I, I think just a lot of times we're misunderstood and people don't know how to take us. And, and, that, and that's, that's the thing, like, um, like you, the work ethic thing and the season thing, right? Uh, like in different groups that I've been in, I get the here and, and, and to a degree outside of here, I have different people who come in and they think that, oh, I'm just some asshole that started podcasting three weeks ago. I've been podcasting for 12 mm-hmm. years. And I'm like, y'all forgotten more shit. Did you know? Like, let's right. let's keep it funky. And yes. I've talked to producers, and they're like, "Well, we need you to do this." It's like, no, what you need to do is X, Y, and Z. I was like, I also produce my shit. It's not just me sitting there with a microphone. I was like, look, let's let's not do this. Let's keep it cordial because I already mm. have a base level. I don't like you. I start off like that. I don't like <laughs> yes. you. Like, help Same. me like you. <laughs> Like you're guilty until proven innocent. Like I don't, I I come in on the same field of everybody. Like I don't like you. You get, you get common level respect, but you have to build everything else. Yeah. This, like this is, uh, <laughs> this is the American waves universe. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's keep it funky. Um, like, so the, the last question I have, and this is, this is a music question. Um, so uh, with all of the the songs and the music that are floating that's floating around, I steal. I steal. Mm. So, what are a few songs that are stuck in your head that are in that, that recent like replay? They could be your own songs. They can be other people's songs. What's what's stuck in your head recently? And I will be jotting down notes because this is okay. how I make sure I'm not too washed. It's like, oh yeah, okay. that's popping. Let me put that on. <laughs> Um, number one, this is not just a shameless plug. This is because this song goes off. Miss Cam featuring myself in DDM, uh, FTCU, Fuck That Checkup, Constant Rotation. Nice. Um, I love Brie Runway. She just dropped a song called Hot Hot that I really love. Oh, what I've really been playing that for like literally the last two days. Let me look in, in my <laughs> title and see what else is on my playlist that I've been listening to. I've honestly just been listening to Miss Cam's album. So mm-hmm. have you if you haven't listened to Two Faced, you should listen to that because that is a solid album. What else have I really oh Don Rashard, mm-hmm. uh Jacuzzi, I've really been listening to and those are my main ones. That's fantastic. And if you're gonna to listen to the Brie Runway song, you have to watch the video. Okay, I'm watch here for it. Video. I'm here for it. <laughs> I love uh, her. So yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I I'm I'm dipped. I'm great. Uh, so shameless plug time. Plug away. What do you got? Uh, social media and all of that stuff. Where can you find your website? All of that good stuff. Yes, everything, I keep it very streamlined. Everything is chaotic couture. You will find me catching, uh, talking my bullshit on Twitter, um, posting little selfies on Instagram. And the website is coming, coming soon, like the real website. But right now we just redirected to Bandcamp. So go buy my music. Um, But yeah, (laughs) everything is chaotic couture. So I'm easy. Then most appreciate it. And you're great. You're you're super talented. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. So um, for uh, Chaotic Couture, I am Rob Lees and there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. Mm